everybody's talking about losing weight uh, and they want more energy. Right. And it, they're elusive. It, everything's elusive. So we're, I tried everything is, is the common conversation. And I have, I have fear of doing something again because I've let myself down so many times. And how I reverse that, engineer that is like, really we want to lose weight to feel a certain way so we can experience life at a higher level. And then um, being able to say, hey, what if these things just didn't have the pieces that you need all the way to where we can kind of forgive that, move forward into the next phase. And these are the pieces that we need. Hi, it's Daniel Lucas, and thank you for joining Chasing Energy today. Our guest is Tommy Snyder. Now we're going to talk about a few different topics around mind, body, and heart optimization. He is out to create lasting fitness, and specifically through a precise metabolic navigation and a focus on abundance. Here we're going to talk about some of his approaches to diet that he does with his clients, how they're traditionally focused on restrictions, how you can kind of get over the idea of a diet being restrictive and focus on the benefits. Uh, the first thing that Tommy does uh, is in part as part of his assessment, or one of the first things is he focuses on blood sugar. So I wanted to say one or two things quickly on that, which is uh, sugar, it affects your appetite, meaning uh, if you're eating something that's high in sugar, it, it's very hard to feel full. And then the other thing that Tommy covers is how when you're going to a sugar crash, the symptoms are quite similar to a short-term depression. So when you think about after you've had the sugar, some of those effects. Now, why do I mention that? I mention that because it's about getting you to understand how these things affect you, makes you much more aware and much more likely to say, I'll pass on something that is, is gonna be detrimental to your health. You can follow Tommy at uh, Master Metabolic. I've put a note in here for his Instagram. There's some cool videos on there uh, where he cooks breakfast and a few others. If you want to give him a follow, that'd be great. I would love to see a review from you. If you haven't already, please take the time to do so. I read them all mostly because there aren't very many and it's very easy to do. So I just reread the last ones over and over, uh, thinking of all the people out there who I'm helping. And I hope you're one of them. Thank you for taking time out to listen to this podcast. And I hope you get at least one tidbit from this. I am so excited about some of the ones that I have coming up, including uh, Nick, Nicodemus De La Rosa, who is an ultra runner that I've admired and, and been friends with for a, a long time uh, because of his, I had actually hired him as a coach. And so I'm looking forward to bringing you that podcast as well. Reach out to me with any questions or topics or comments or even guests that you think I should have on my show. Have a great day and thank you for joining Chasing Energy. Tom Snyder, thanks yes, for being sir. on Chasing Energy today. I really appreciate you making time to do this, man. Glad to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. You have a very powerful message of sharing health and wellness and, and mindset. It's, it's a very multifaceted approach. You started off at 24-hour fitness and as a personal trainer, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And I'm guessing there was a tipping point that where you said, uh, I want to help people at scale. It's actually kind of hard to help people when you're a personal trainer beyond just very little small successes. So I'd like to hear the first thing I want to ask you is what was your tipping point that you said, I can do this at a, at a 
greater scale, making a bigger impact on people's lives. Absolutely. Well, back then it was the superpower of all gyms. And so it was very easy to have an, a, have an, a, create abundance in that and have a lot of test subjects. And so I found that the, the perspective of people, what they were coming up with was the same all the time. And, uh, it was all environmental. Um, you know, working with the body is usually about 30%, 20% of what, what you need to do. And, uh, food was off. Mindset was off. Uh, perspectives that are created by culture was off. And they were looking for this thing, which would, which was like what I call freedom and feeling exponential. And that was all missing. So, okay, so when you, what you're saying is that the approach to that, uh, was one dimensional. It just was taking on one angle of the persona of all the, all the factors that are involved in people having a life of what you call freedom. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I, I would see, you know, 20 people a day. And so it would just be consistent across the board. So then, um, because I was the top, the other guy that was the top, cause I was in California was in Utah and him and I created a system where everything was about the metabolism. Yeah. And, and then also healthy accountability. So then that's when I started really realizing that that's not the way. And once I shrunk my schedule and stopped seeing people three times a week and just one, and then creating healthy accountability with taking body fat, which nobody was doing 20 years ago. And, and then also, you know, weight and, and also just working with their stuff on a weekly basis to be able to, uh, evolve nutrition, exercise, and mindset, then everything opened up. Mm -hmm. Right, Ben. So from there, I, what was, I think you went to a supplement business. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, we had our own company. Okay. And we did have our own supplement company as well, but uh -huh. yeah. When you, when you get clients, what is the most common goal? Is the, is, do most of them come to you with something along the lines of, I just need to lose like 20 or 30 pounds or mm -hmm. give me an idea. Do you, if you quantify say the top three categories of why people come to you, what are they? Uh, everybody's talking about losing weight uh, and they want more energy. Right. And it, they're elusive. It, everything's elusive. So we're, I've tried everything is, is the common conversation. And I have, I have fear of doing something again because I've let myself down so many times. And how I reverse that, engineer that is like, really we want to lose weight to feel a certain way so we can experience life at a higher level. And then um, being able to say, hey, what if these things just didn't have the pieces that you need all the way to where we can kind of forgive that, move forward into the next phase, and these are the pieces that we need. Yeah, it sounds like you're referring to getting away from like a shame-based motivation, right? Where okay. it's beat yourself up, get back on the thing, and. Uh, it, no pain, no gain and stuff like that. So the most common goal I'm hearing is I've been there, done that. And I want to, I want to get, I heard two things, lose weight and have more energy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And thus, thus the name of this podcast, by the way. But, um, uh, when you meet with a client and I know you offer, uh, an initial consultation to people who want to, who want to give it a try, mm -hmm. uh, it's by the way, the, the website is mastermetabolic.com. And when you meet with people, 
what part of your assessment tells you of how much you can turn up the dial up or down on the amount of willpower required? Hmm. Well, I go through an assessment of goals, but I break it down into past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. What your perspective is on your best self previously. And I put them in a zone of, you know, when you see yourself in a mirror or a picture and you don't really resonate, but you have this idea of like what your best self is and you're trying to get back to that. And so for us, it's like painting that picture, understanding what their idea of that is, and then getting the present. And then in the uh, future, I tell them to release all perspectives of that I couldn't do something in the past. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to open up the dream. And so if you could create whatever that is, lifestyle, body, and you could do that on a computer, then what would that be? And so then I see like what the, the gaps are in between. Mm -hmm. And then in that, in that future self, you can see them light up to where there, there's nothing left, but what they actually really want. Mm -hmm. And everybody's at a different level. Uh, so my ability to adapt and meet them where they're at uh, is most important. And that's usually based on lifestyle of like what they do for a living and their schedule, how many kids, uh, what they like to do in their free time. And then I alchemize that, put it in the goal tracker and I give them the timeline. And then I show them the complete uh, perspective of all the things that they need. And by the end, there's no questions and they're just nodding their head. Yeah. Okay. I think, so what I've heard there was you look at their availability of time, their current obligations to their family. So you can basically say something along the lines of, uh, based on what I'm hearing here, you have two and a half hours a week for me to play with, right? Or something mm -hmm. along those lines. And this is the workouts that's going to fit that. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my curiosity there was when I talk to people, there is a dramatic difference, um, depending on who I'm talking to, of course, uh, mm -hmm. with, uh, the amount of runway that someone needs in order to sustain it. Now that's, I mean, that's part of why I'm sort of com backhanded complimenting you on having an eight, eight month program, right? Mm. Um, which automatically takes you out of the yo-yo, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, I'm referring to yo-yo diets or, or yo-yo fitness things, but uh, the studies say that five weeks and two days is the average amount of time from start to finish that an American can stick with a diet before they quit, uh, which I, I think is actually pretty accurate. When I think of most of the people who thought, you know, um, keto would be a magic button or this would be a magic button or, you know, Weight Watchers, the, uh, you and I both know, Tommy, that, uh, restrictions, uh, take a toll. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're living a life where you're counting every calorie and you're on this particular program, it's going to have to take a toll somewhere. So I was just sort of wanted your ideas and insights on when you look at the path to get there, for example, yeah. uh, not for example, I looked at your program and the first, the first few weeks, it doesn't really mention a caloric deficit, right? Or it doesn't, it's more about getting, uh, getting control of your blood sugar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that. What are some of the top tips you give people on getting control of their blood sugar? Mm. So it's, it's definitely eating enough and feeling safe about it because everybody's programmed mm -hmm. to eat less, mm -hmm. which, you know, goes into that punishment state. And 
and that's what they don't call freedom. And they think freedom is like eating a little bit here, but then eating a lot somewhere else. Yeah. And if I can uh, make sure that their 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 body is uh, fed uh, entirely, and that's with good food combinations and all the things that they need, uh, I can transfer and give them like foods that they they would deem as unhealthy by those combinations because they're still stabilized and the energy is super high. And then mm-hmm. that's what weeds out um, the the minimization. Yeah. So give me an example of ones that they would disassociate with being healthy that you recommend to them to get their blood sugar under control? It could be like, I really like to trick people into being healthy uh, and it's fun. And so it could be waffles, peanut butter, sausage, right? Or pizza or tacos or whatever it is that, that they think that could be not healthy. And then I make that healthy, making sure the ingredients are good, making sure the simulation is great. So I can have somebody at like on muscle gain at like 3,500, 4,000, 4,500 calories staying lean and building, you know, anywhere from one and a half to two pounds of muscle a week. And they're, they're, they're doing it and their energy is rising. They're satiated, all that, but that's not fat loss. But even on fat loss, um, their calories are still pretty decently high. Um, and, and they, they almost question it before it happens. But then two, three days in, they're realizing their energy is great. They're not bloated and all the things are happening. When you're doing the blood sugar and now uh, changes, let's say you're getting them off the highs and lows. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess they're not actually losing weight at that stage is to preface them so that they can lose weight later a lot easier because they're not subject to the blood sugar. Uh, usually losing weight because all, all of a sudden the body like is like, oh, finally, I have what I need. It, yeah. it just sheds. Uh, but there is some muscle gain that happens uh, in that time period, so you, usually it's happening at the same time. Um, but there's a there's a ceiling for that. So for me, just being able to know the there's a 0.8 percent average that I guarantee every week, and so if it's different than that, then I just ask quality questions to be able to yeah. get to the to the point, mm-hmm. and then that's that's how we get to that 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 next level. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll. I'll, I'll do a quick ramble on blood sugar. I think probably one of the most underestimated things in my opinion, uh, as far as repercussions of blood sugar, people, most people know when they crash, like, uh, or, or at least when they're aware of what a blood sugar crash is, they get, they feel it in whatever 60 minutes after the dessert or whatever. Yeah. The part that I feel is neglected, Thomas, is that I've noticed if you have a dessert after lunch or you have a some ice cream after dinner the next day your body starts searching for that same hit around the same time so it's not just the crash it's the repercussions of like 24 hours later you still kind of you're still kind of shaking it off now that that's my opinion but i i've just noticed even with myself i don't eat nearly as much sugar as i used to because i noticed like even two days later i'd be like man i feel like i need something sweet in order to go to bed so I think blood sugar is actually, most people are aware that it sucks in the short term, but they don't understand what it does to you one day, two days afterwards. There's like a ripple effect. Yeah. And of course, I'm not talking about fruits, uh, whole fruits and things like that. I'm talking about ultra processed. So with uh, your average weight loss client, I want you to think about your average weight loss client. Mm -hmm. Um, 
My question is, is when you, we, we use, we'll use the example we talked about a minute ago, the two and a half hour window, yeah. you've got two and a half hours. Generally, let's say they're, how many pounds overweight is your average? I want to lose weight client, like maybe 30 or 50. I would say 40 to a hundred. 40 to a hundred. Okay. Yeah. So let's say someone wants to lose 50 pounds. What percentage of their time in that two and a half hour window do you uh, assign something like zone one, which would be like brisk walking versus strength training versus say cardio zone two and above? Um, I, I'm, I want to clarify the question. So eating is usually about three hours, um, but the like... I'm confused about the question as far as. Sure. So let's say that I want to lose 50 pounds mm -hmm. and I'm one of your clients and I tell you, I've got two and a half hours to exercise a week. Yeah. What, if you broke up that two and a half hours, what percentage of the time are you going to say brisk walking versus weightlifting versus cardio, mm. traditional cardio, spin bike or whatever? Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, most, most people I tell them like, as soon as they implement the food, your blood sugar is good. We can do minimal uh, to start. Uh, so I focus on, uh, it could be like, if they're not exercising at all, maybe 20 minutes a day, five, six days a week. And really it's about the allotment of time so that we can fill it up with whatever we need. And so the average amount of weight training uh, that we're supposed to have as far as resistance goes is, is half our life. So in the low end, like I try to work them up to three days. But usually by the time they're three days, they're just hungry for more because their power is increasing. And then, mm -hmm. and then I can move them into like whatever they choose based on their environment. Um, yeah. since, since weight training burns, uh, 48 to 72 hours after and cardio burns five to seven hours after, um, I pepper it really well, uh, yeah. and make sure they're not ever exercising. So most of my clients don't lift weights past 45 minutes. Um, but it's like super intentional. And then, um, and then everything about, you know, the, the, the reps and the, the time under tension as far as tempo goes. Is defined so there's no guesswork and and also like our culture puts usually puts too much exercise on someone before they're ready for it i completely agree right and it becomes more pain and punishment and so yeah. reverse engineering that and being a little softer uh as far as the opening point is huge and then they have that space to play around and then they have that confidence and then they're going for it yeah absolutely as well said thomas well Thank said you. Uh, I like the peppered part too, where you're kind of sprinkling it in on, on over here and over there. And there's a lot to be said for, uh, when someone finds a hobby they enjoy, right? Where you go, Hey, you actually like cycling. Well, then we're going to factor that in because when people are, are fulfilled, when they're doing a particular exercise, it's a lot easier to assign it versus, oh my gosh, if I have to get on a rolling machine, I'm going to kill myself type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, let's talk about some of your core principles and, uh, what, that you basically build your, your foundation on that you share with your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I break it down, uh, to a point where there's nothing, there's, there's no ambiguity, like there's certainty and you understand the balance going in. And, uh, we talked about before the podcast about, uh, me being dynamic and being broad in the approach and it, it, I've broken it down to five pillars. And so usually I'll go through the five, I'll use my hand and I'll, I'll take you through a journey. But right. the first one is, um, nutrition. 
And it's the biological relationship and the emotional relationship and how it's always spinning. And so mastering that understanding is very important to fill up the body and then also be able to serve uh, whatever the experience is um, to where we still get our goals. And then you, you, that evolves as we go. Number two is exercise. And exercise being like reversing the punishment perspective and being able to do it for yourself and to be able to raise your energy. It's a gift, man. It's a gift. It's not a punishment. Exactly. And so mastering those two together is what really is misunderstood. And if usually in our uh, society, you know, there's a nutritionist, there's a personal trainer, there's a mindset coach, everything's spread out to where it's very hard to put everything together. So I'm a master at helping people understand that at first. The third thing is mindset. So after 90 days or so, when we release the scarcity in the body and the alarm system's going off, then we have to build on abundance. So very rarely do people get to that point and we don't know how to do that because as soon as the scarcity comes off, it's like, oh, what do I do now? I, I made it. And at that point, they're, they could maintain for a certain amount of time. So I shift the mindset. I tap back into the why and tell them where they're at. Elaborate on scarcity versus abundance. What is that in a literal sense? What does that mean? Yeah. So, so uh, scarcity would be anything that is fear-based, anything that's not enough. Um, and and in, in the whisper, what I, what I say is that people always have, oh, if I could just lose 10 pounds, I'd be okay. Right. Which is minimization. Uh, so they're already manifesting that. So for me, I already know that that's going to happen with everybody and it's going to happen between 10 and 12 weeks because they've got the rituals down. They, they're in the flow and they feel powerful. So as soon as someone moves into the abundant state, which is they, they don't have any of those shackles anymore and they know what feeling great is. Okay. So like, abundance is, is like making a, a self and public profession 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 uh of what what it is you intend to achieve and that you're able to achieve it yeah yeah with with, okay. with no so anchors. when you say with with, with zero anchors that hold them back right yeah. okay so getting away from the which by the way i think uh the words we use are more powerful than most people give them credit for uh, especially the word can't it drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. um but uh, when I'm going to, I'm making up an example here, but Thomas, you wouldn't understand. I have a thyroid problem and everyone in my family is overweight and I'm always going to be overweight. That's just the way it is. So that would be an example of a scarcity mindset of I, I can never be that. And I'm feeding that loop. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. And once you, once you release those, it's like you get, you get to see what else is there. And then we get to say, Hey, uh, that, that isn't true anymore. And I already know it's uh, not true, but I'm I'm sitting with them until I, they come up with that on their own, and then yeah. go from there. So on this this is one thing where we overlap, Thomas. Um, where where both of us have a passion, and that is uh, I started this podcast a year ago because I got really frustrated that with the idea that after forty you're done, you're you're basically putting putting your you, you stop exercising and you just basically stick to walking and maybe spinning here mm -hmm. and there and that you're more or less just going to haul your way to retirement, mm -hmm. um, which I think is, uh, is a very poisonous ideal because people, 
people drink that Kool-Aid. Well, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, so I can't be doing around and touching weights anymore and da da da. <laughs> um, but the point is that it comes from a toxic culture that says, as soon as you're not in your prime, you can do a whole, you, you, you have no business being out there essentially. And that you should just accept the way things are. Now keep in mind, I work, I live in one of the most obese states in the United mm. States. So, <laughs> um, I, this is something I'm particularly passionate yeah. about. So going scarcity to abundance, what else you got for us, Thomas? Yeah. And I, I love what you said about, uh, you know, the, the, the programming, like I call it programs and codes. And if we realize it's a program, we can rewrite a new code. And uh, being old is literally a code because it's not true. Uh, like I, yeah, it's your it's your job to debug exactly. So, and then, and then they can find it on their own. So uh, I think it's it, it's interesting how like literally all the codes that we're receiving from our environment are the opposite of what is uh, true, and um, that that inspires me to wake up every day, which is nice. So. I think, I think, you know, going back to like the two, two goals is like freedom and feeling exponential and, um, and having anything that doesn't align with that, uh, needs to be looked at and helped, you know, it's, that's nourishment. Let's talk about freedom. Uh, Jocko gets credit for this statement, although I've had to correct people I'm like Jocko didn't come up with <laughs> that, uh, which is discipline equals <laughs> freedom, right? And it actually goes back to the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But the idea there is that, for example, if you're disciplined enough to practice the piano, you have the freedom to play mm -hmm. the piano, mm -hmm. right? And uh, this is where I think uh, being healthy gets a bad rap, Thomas, because uh, I, when you get to a point that the do free donuts that come on Friday mornings at the office, you're no longer tempted by mm -hmm. them. It's seen as, oh, you don't have the freedom to eat this donut. And the truth of the matter is, is we accept that freedom. We look at it and say, I just don't want it, or I don't like the way it makes me feel or whatever. To me, saying no to a lot of things is what gives you the freedom to do the things in life that you really mm -hmm. want to do. Yeah. Now you can, you're welcome to contradict me. I'm not, I didn't come up with the six pillars. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, discipline, to me, it goes back to unhealthy accountability. And a lot of people that experience uh, dis discipline uh, receive like toxic masculinity. It's like the football coach that yells at you and puts you into the ground. And and or yeah. like uh, like our parents that like didn't allow us to be us in the moments that we needed to and then like projected onto us as far as like us not being disciplined enough or whatever that means. I will, I will shame you into growth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and there is some good things around that, but if you don't understand the toxic side, then, then that's going to be a challenge for us to move forward. But, uh, I, I like to help people understand what healthy accountability is so that they can, they can be able to move into healthy discipline. And I think those are unilateral and, and I think it's, it's being gentle and not a lot of people in fitness. Uh, there's a lot of meathead mentality, you know? And which yes. is not gentle. And so for me, being able to move and shake with whoever it is and be able to have the empathy and compassion for them of, of where that comes from. And then they, they just start to realize like, oh, well, if I start with my victories, simple as that, 
and I'm pointing out what I'm proud of, then I can safely move into something I want to evolve mm-hmm. versus sit, move directly into something I want to evolve, which we're trained to do. And, and immediately, if you have 10 good things happen in the day and one bad thing, you're going to remember the bad thing first. And at that point, our, we're scrambled, right? We're stressed out. We're again in fear because uh, we're not enough. And then it's very hard to take action continuously. Yeah, so I just I came up with a term while you were talking based on your words there, and I'll call it meathead masculinity, which is I'm going to basically yell loud enough and shame you enough to, to to encourage you to change. I think part of the draw there, Thomas, is people want to be sort of shaken out of their the rituals that they're not proud mm-hmm. of, right? But the but the unfortunate side of that is. Even if you say, okay, I'm going to go to this boot camp and this guy's going to yell in my face or I signed up for six weeks. It's like, that is a very short lived, um, window of, okay, now that this guy's in my face and yelling, I feel bad while he's here, but what about when he's not here? Right. I'm going to do whatever I want, or I'll secretly get revenge for him making me do a hundred pushups. I'm going to eat an extra donut today or whatever. Um, the point being. I can see how it appeals to people because they want to be sort of shooken, shaken at their core with the accountability of now I have to do it. But the problem is that's not sustainable, yeah. right? Um, in in uh, statistics, they call that the Hawthorne effect, which means people always do better when they know they're being watched, right? But, it, but they've also found that that improvement doesn't sustain long-term it only works for a little while so if you if i go to an office and i say we're putting cameras and watching everybody work it's only a matter of time before there's the basically that that benefit Mm -hmm. wears off yeah exactly and i i think you know when we go back into like you said when we're solo uh you know what what voice is driving us and when client gets to a certain point uh i teach like high levels of fulfillment and i break it down and i have this whole structure for it but when we know how to be like fulfilled and really lit up versus getting short dopamine spikes, like that helps yes. us long-term. But I think knowing like the, yeah. what the voice is coming from, is it our highest self? Is it our inner child? Is it? Yeah. You're referring to like the cognitive version of blood sugar spikes, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's these up and down roller coasters that uh, are easy come easy. Go, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and so if you teach the buckets, like, Oh, is this my culture self speaking, which is just running on autopilot? Is it is it my inner child that's being rebellious because I don't give it enough time and what it needs? Is it my higher self that's really like mothering or fathering me, like to 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 guide me? And what and or is it my ego? And so for us, like being able to decipher like what that is and feed them as they need, then they can uh, decipher what the difference is between that and let, allow that to lead them. Plus, they feel good in their body at the same time. And then naturally, like naturally truth comes in and heals it. So that takes time though. It takes, that's, that's one of the reasons why I don't work with anybody under eight months. Cause you know, 12 weeks yeah. and out, you're never even going to be able to figure those things out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a popular person either, Thomas. Cause I always say when people say, you've heard the phrase, um, people overestimate, uh, what they can do in a week and underestimate what they can yeah. do in a year. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Um, we all have that. Well, selling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I don't, I'm not on, I'm not a marketing specialist, but I think part of your marketing approach should be if you're tired of 
signing up for these Instagram, get in shape in 30 days and you're ready for something yeah. real. That would be, that would be a very good approach. I, I heard a really cool, um, uh, code that kind of heals that perspective. It was, uh, as I think it was a podcast I was listening to, but he was like, we're all taught to like win or accomplish in short periods of time. And, uh, but then when we don't do it, we automatically feel like we failed and then we quit and we move on to something else. And he said, what in nature grows fast? Nothing. Yeah. At that point, changes over. And, and, and also, and also what in nature can you rush to, to grow? <laughs> it's like a flower blooms when the flower blooms, it's, man. Ex I mean, exactly. Like Exactly. So I think just coming back to that point is tough, but I, I feel that that's why most people diagnose themselves as they can't like so fast. And that's, that's not fair. Yeah. All right. What else you got for us, Thomas, on the, on the principles? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I think understanding the balance of the way everything works. And, and I think that's important. Uh, step by step, giving yourself that time uh, is, is also important. Uh, being able to like go through healthy accountability, huge. And you talked about sugar earlier and I like to, it'll always come up and I'm sure it comes up for you when you work with somebody in the first 90 days and uh, mm -hmm. people can have fortitude to be able to get away from it, but they're not actually working with it at that point. They're just trying to get out of the scarcity portion of like, oh, if I do this, I'm all in and I can't. I can't feel good. And so I, I teach them about the history of it and why I believe how it came in. Uh, it, it really started, uh, I'd, I'll go into it really quick. It started in the 80s uh, when they took out fat and foods. Right? Yeah, took out yeah, the fat. Yeah, and they put it in and then. Uh, Snack wells. I know. Snack wells was one <laughs> of those, and they're full of sugar and that's why you're hungry when you. Yeah, so it was a magic it. trick and then they, we nobody knows like where it came from. And then on top of that, the love your body movement came out no matter what size you are. And then like that took yeah. people out of like the way they feel. And so they, they couldn't feel like the change is happening. And then that multiplied over time. It's, it's obviously happening a lot these days. And then the three things that happen in the body that I talk about that I've never really heard anywhere else is one, it's the shortest high of any drug. So one second it's gone. And then also the most profitable drug in the world. And then the number two is uh, it blocks leptin, the, the hormone that tells you you're full. And then number three, the blood sugar spikes so high and drops so low that, that it mimics the same feeling as depression. So then people do it yeah. over and over and over again, trying to chase that. Yeah. And But they never hit the mark. So for me, it's like, okay, well, what were you looking for in that moment? And then it's always fulfillment, right? Yeah. And Or celebration or whatever it is. So that- Bored. It, bored. Boredom, boredom yeah. yeah. And so for me, it's like, hey, we're either not acknowledging ourselves and proud of ourselves in some form because we're trying to celebrate and feel proud. And then number two, it's usually uh, connection. So uh, fulfillment, that's what led me into fulfillment and then really diving in to what our human needs are. And I break them, you know, they're broken down into six. And so really diving, helping people understand their ranking of their human needs at that time. And, and then working with the buckets of fulfillment there, whether it's growth, love, connection, uncertainty, which is adventure, certainty, which is safety and like feeling strong. 
And, and to me, it's like, I just asked them, what, what are you missing in this uh, when you're reaching for this? And, and then also, like, what is the balance? Like, what is the new balance that you're figuring out? Because, like, obviously, sugar is not going anywhere. Um, but th- being able to discern uh, based on the higher levels of fulfillment and how you feel, but then working it back to where, oh, this is kind of short-term things. I mean, you mentioned donuts. So, oh, I know there's seed oils in there. I know it's fried. I know there's no nutrients. Uh, so I know it's going to last two days in my gut and I'm probably going to gain a little bit of weight and then come down again. So therefore, all of a sudden I know because it feels I'm trying to get a hug, but it's because I haven't hug, had hugs in a while, whatever version that was. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, then, then it all of a sudden it, it becomes the perspective changes. And, and one of my favorite flows is perspective equals uh, belief, which feels action. The only way to change an action is, is shift the uh, perspective. And so that that's constantly happening in incremental ways, uh, that's what kind of leads us back to the freedom and feeling how we want. And, and, and getting the abs if that's what you want to. <laughs> yeah. So these are great points. Tommy, uh, where can people find you? Um, I, I, what is your Instagram? Yeah, it's handle? Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y underscore Snyder, S-N-I-D-E-R. Uh, Master Metabolic, mm-hmm. just as it's spelled, is our, is our Instagram too. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, you can reach out to me. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, I give uh, one free session to anybody that, that sees me. And uh, we, just fi- we yes. figure it out. Absolutely, man. Uh, man, I'm so grateful for what you're doing and, and the change you're, you're driving. It's great to see that someone whose story of starting uh, out at what I will call a very humble thing in the fitness mm-hmm. industry, right? Uh, uh, the, the personal trainer and then going to take this to a scale who is the, someone who's spent so many hours uh, trying to change the way that people live their life and the freedom, as you say, that people can have in their life. It's it's a beautiful thing when you see people take control of what they own because you can you can make more money and things like that, but mm. health is wealth, man. And it gives you so many options to uh, connect with the people you love and, and create wonderful mm. memories. So thanks for all you do, Tom. Mm. Thank you, Daniel. You, I appreciate you having me on and spreading the word that you do. Uh, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, man.